Welcome to Now's the Time, the MWBA podcast. The MWBA is first of its kind celebration of women in sport in Atlantic Canada and the entire country. Tipping off this spring, female basketball players over 19 will fill rosters within six teams based out of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. The league will provide a valuable new space for elite athletes to pursue their basketball dreams at a competitive level and propel players, coaches, officials, minor officials, and team executives into the future. Teams participating in the inaugural 2022 season include the Moncton Mystics, Port City Fog, Fredericton Freeze, Halifax Thunder, Halifax Hornets, and the Windsor Edge. Welcome to the pod. Welcome back to Now's the Time podcast. We're on episode four here today, and we have a very special guest. Haley, who do we have in the studio today? We have Tasia McKenna. Woohoo! Let's go. League Commissioner. We're so happy to have you, Tasia. Thanks for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. I've been told I need to embrace the name, the commissioner, so I'll roll with it and I'll expect everyone to uh, reference me by that from now on. Just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So when did you get started with the league, Tasia? June of 2020. You know, we all get locked inside and you get a phone call from the founder and uh, creative person behind the scenes, Brad Janes, who says, you know, I want to put a league together. What do you think? And I think I told him, sounds like a fantastic time. Circle back to me and let me know I can help you out of Nova Scotia. Um, And then by October, he said, we're looking for a commissioner. What do you think? And I said, sounds great. Is it a lot of time? He said, no, it's not too much. And uh, I can confirm it is a lot of time. And anyone that has been, you know, volunteering, which is pretty much every person, has committed hours, hours to this. So just acknowledging everyone behind the scenes that really has helped pull the lead together. So I'd say it's been middle, yeah, two years, two years. Nice. And when you first got, like when Brad first reached out to you, did you think at the time that it would when it actually came to fruition and we were on the court playing, did you think that it would look how it does now? Or did you think it was going to be a lot less or a lot more than what it is? Or It definitely does not look like what we thought it was going to look like. We thought reversible jerseys, like mismatching shorts, maybe a few fans in the stands, like your general like people that have been watching you play or you play for a long time. And um, I think, you know, a 30 second video in, I think, January of 2021. And all of a sudden Brad was like, can you take like this media call and can you do this, you know, radio show? And that kind of spiraled it in a direction that um, is just everything that we we wanted it to be. But I think maybe thought it would take a couple of years to get there. So, um, you know, when the jump ball goes up for the first time and you see photographers and it's being live streamed and, you know, the I think the matchup when the freeze was hosting the seven o'clock game and the gym is packed like that to me was, you know, I had to keep saying I have a pretty goofy smile on my face because I'm so happy to see what it looks like. And yeah, I think part of that is obviously the athletes showing up. If you guys don't show up, then the league doesn't exist. And then the fans showing up and, and the media supporting it. So it's not what we thought it would be at this point but it's you know it's going in the direction that we we hoped it would eventually so we're like five years ahead (laughs) it's amazing it's so nice to hear that like even in this inaugural season it's exceeded your expectations as a commissioner and I think that's just a kind of shows how much work went in behind the scenes to and how many people behind the scenes were so dedicated to it to get it to this stage where it is in its inaugural season kind of five years ahead of what you thought Mm -hmm. it was what it was going to be 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, just thinking about the people that are behind the scenes, like Leslie States, Brad Janes, obviously all of the franchise owners. Um, we have our treasurer, Cindy and Jeff, and there's just the the names go on. Uh, my mom is behind the scenes. I'm going to give a shout out to mom, who's like always kind of encouraging me and pushing me along to, to get us here. But, you know, Sport and Entertainment Atlantic, obviously, Ellen, you made that connection and and have played like a key role in sponsorship, which helps our league become what it is, right? And so part of it is financial support for women's basketball. And, you know, you hear invest in women, pay women, support women. And I can't emphasize that enough. Like the goal is that we're paying the athletes, that we're paying the coaches, that we have full-time staff. Like that is that is the dream. And I think it's closer than maybe we originally thought it would be. Definitely. And even like the community support that's come out. So we've had games, I want to say almost all of the games have been close to sold out, if not sold out. And yeah. our, a lot of our venues held around 500 people. So having all those people show up is pretty amazing as, as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough on, you know, a Sunday afternoon when it's 30 degrees out and it's a games at one o'clock. Obviously, it's tough to to draw the crowd there. But you know, when you're walking into St. Mary's and they have the second bleachers rolled out and I looked at Brandon and I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening? He said they saw what it was like the first game that we hosted. So we're preparing for, a, a, you know, a large amount of fans at all of our games and it's everywhere, right? It's in Moncton. Um, it's in St. John. I think one of the venues has a live band and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm like, I, I need that. to get there, <laughs> like, fully support, like bring up my saxophone from back in, back in my glory days. Um, but it's the community support in, in every franchise's backyard. And so just acknowledging that, you know, obviously we're in Nova Scotia, so we see it firsthand, but it's, it's in, it's in St. John, it's in Moncton, it's in Fredericton, um, and you see it when the kids are on the court shooting around, and then the athletes come out and like rebound for them, which is pretty neat. And then after games, kids wanting signatures, and there's like the lineup to you know sign things. No one's asked me for my signnature, so I'll I'll keep waiting. If anybody wants wants my signature, go find me. Go go find it. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were just talking about before we got on here about the new trophy that you unveiled. And yeah. it looks amazing, the yeah. Legacy Trophy. Yeah, the Legacy Cup. The yeah. Legacy Cup. Yeah. Okay. And I noticed in the graphic that they put about it that each section of it has kind of a different meaning. Yeah. Uh, and you were talking about how the whole point of the league is to bring people together. And that is what you wanted to emphasize with the Legacy Cup as mm -hmm. well. How do you have like a story or like something that you've seen so far at a game or something like that where you've you've really seen how it's brought people together or even either like players I know we were just talking about the community but how mm -hmm. it's brought the players together yeah I mean at your game the other night against the Hornets um, there were a couple of my high school friends that were there who I haven't seen in in forever um, so we, we took a picture it was a bit of a blast from the past which I had a good chuckle over a couple former former basketball players showed it to them so I think for all of us I would say that there are I mean I talked to you Ellen there are people that you know, you said, I've never watched me play basketball and all of a sudden they're showing up to watch. And I think part of it is because, you know, I talk a lot about stories. There are stories on the court, right? We're all very connected. I can sit back and say like, oh yeah, like I did play with Haley and Ellen on a basketball <laughs> team. Uh, I did not perform very well. I subbed myself out as you all know. Um, but, you know, from people that I played with, played against, coached with, coached against, coached like there's just so many connections out there and so for me I think really the biggest thing is knowing that 
the games are ultra competitive, but ultimately everybody is there to support and build the league, which is why the name of the Legacy Cup just really fit. We had some great submissions, you know, wanting to recognize Joy Slip, Dr. Carolyn Savoy, um, Pat Summit, the Edmonton grads, like just, you know, women that have impacted the game that ultimately got us to where we are. Um, but knowing them, I suspect that they probably wanted to hand it off and and let other people build their legacies. And so it is coming from, like I said, the players on the court where if you chose to not play, the league isn't what it is. So you took a risk to show up and play. There are the kids in the stands, right, that are watching you that, you know, it's pretty funny watching a few few players that are on the court playing that are coaching players that are in the stands and they're like hyping them up from the sideline. Like I love to see it. And then the players that we know, you know, aren't here. They won't be playing for like another 50 years. And the hope is that the league is around for that long. But I think one of the biggest pieces, you know, going back to that connection piece, I don't know how many people read like the base of the trophy. I think we called it the support. And, you know, it's hard to sit back and say like, yes, all the women did all of this. Like this is, you know, we've done it on our own. That's not it, right? It, it is the allies that support women in basketball. You know, so we're looking at, you know, Maritime Athletic Profile and Tyler Deacon, like his crew is on board doing like going above and beyond to highlight our league. I think I talk to him every day. But that support is really to reference the fans that are in the stands, the people that are selling 50-50 tickets, the people that have, you know, driven me, you, like all of you, your families and friends, like ever since we were wee ones to all the gyms that we needed to get to just for us to reach a point where we're playing in the league. So, yeah, I think the communities come together to make this happen. I think that was something going back to that community piece and getting people out to the games. I was explaining to somebody the other day on an interview, they asked like, what makes people like MWB? Like, why do they want to come out? And when I was explaining it, I was like, cause it is, I've had friends that have come out that didn't watch basketball previously and they're coming to support me or support my team, whatever. But then they're also saying they're like, it's so high, like it's fast paced, it's high intensity. And mm -hmm. for me, it's amazing to hear that they're like, they're, enthralled with the actual product it's not just mm -hmm. that they're there for me but they're actually like super into the product as well yeah and I think that's why a lot of people are also coming out because it is this like high level basketball I mean what did we expect yeah it's true I'm just saying like yeah. yep we can't just sit back and say like oh it's women's basketball and it's gonna be kind of like a casual stroll in the park like there's a reason I'm not out there playing like no way like I am not at the level that I would need to be at to compete and I think we should have all known that as soon as we started seeing rosters roll out I'm like uh, we've got like U sport top 100 players out there we've got hall of famers we've got record breakers we've got like the best player in the country playing like this isn't a stroll in the park like I said like it's going to be competitive that's the expectation and it's the expectation that we should all have it's the standard that we should all have for women's basketball and women's sport like it's it's competitive <laughs> yeah no it's not like a spring league like we have sponsorships there's media there it's yeah like you were talking about there's so much time and energy and yeah so many people have committed to it obviously it's going to be pretty impressive especially with the results that we've had so far yeah and i think too like people are getting into it where they're watching if they're a thunder family friend a Halifax resident and they're watching Halifax Thunder Hornets they're also sitting down on the weekend and watching like a New Brunswick game now like they're getting into the other aspects of it and that, yep. I think that's also really cool that people aren't just following a specific team or like go out to games when their team plays but they're following the league at like a league-wide level and that's awesome 
it's nice to see like the players supporting each other as well like I know like the Hornets and the Edge and Fredericton like when we play like everyone's tuning in watching if they're not like in the gym watching in person Mm -hmm. and like I know I watch a lot of the New Brunswick games as well the Hornets like I just try to watch as many people as I can Mm -hmm. because it's awesome that we're having the basketball it's now available to us to watch like the NBA or the WNBA games I think they come on I watch them when I can on Facebook live and it's like (laughs) once a week or once every two weeks like it's a joke so like this is really the only women's sport that's really like broadcasted and it's like on a YouTube live link yeah and full transparency we were like can we do it like do we have it in our budget will people watch if they're like not right here in the Maritimes are people going to tune in I haven't looked at the numbers yet but I'm sure we've had like over 15,000 views which I would say is pretty good um and like it I just love when people were writing in they're like yeah I'm down in Mexico watching or like Mm -hmm. I'm over in Europe watching or watching from BC and you know like I know Ellen or like Haley just banged a three like I'm here like I'm loving it from Toronto and so when people say like no one's going to support so therefore don't make it available or accessible for people to watch it's like but you have to make it accessible for people to watch and like buy in and and support the league. And so again, going back to that like connection that we're hoping to make through the league, putting it on YouTube and making it accessible. Like I think we have nearly 800 views on every game, which is I think fantastic and it's only going to grow. So women's basketball, women's sports, like let's not downplay, let's make it accessible and, and get people invested in it the way we are. Yeah, I think the broadcast was a huge piece to kind of, as you're saying, where it's like five years ahead of where we thought it was going to be. I think the broadcast has been an awesome part to kind of just like break it Canada wide. And then, as you said, people are watching Europe or down in Mexico, wherever it is, like Mm. people want to watch and we're we're giving them a product that they want to watch. Also, this podcast, though, (laughs) (laughs) I think people like it. Again, it's just another piece to tell the stories of the league. So like shout outs, shout outs. Tasia, can you explain a little bit to us about uh, the different pillars that the MWBA is built on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that we could probably have like a million pillars, like to say that there's just four. Yes, that's what our, our league represents, mainly because I think it impacts most of our players in some way, shape or form. But more broadly, our league is is determined to be as accessible to anyone and everyone that wants to support and so really when I was chatting with um, with Brad Janes, many, many things were happening uh, in June of 2020 and, you know, recognizing that anti-Black racism and anti-Indigenous racism um, were very prevalent in terms of it being in the media and, and the conversations that were being had, not to say that many people haven't experienced that pre-2020. And so just chatting with him, there was a thought of like, you know, if we do the league and like part of my thought was if I'm involved with the league, I need it to be more than basketball. And I think that that's something that we're seeing in the WNBA. Like I really look to them to see how they're sharing and using their voices. And that's why I keep saying, like, talk to the athletes, talk to the athletes like they're the ones with the stories like we need to hear from them. You're looking at NBA players, um, obviously soccer players, professional women's soccer players. And I just think about like my time as an athlete was very much I'm a basketball player. 
Like, there's nothing else to me. <laughs> like, maybe I'm going to school and getting an education, but like, that's it. And that's really all I really saw myself as. And so chatting with Brad, it was just important to make sure that the athletes, the coaches, the fans, executive, volunteers, whomever saw themselves in the league. And so that's why we have these four pillars. So anti-black racism, obviously, I know we have a couple of black athletes, executives, all that stuff in our league. Um, And so I'm hoping this is a space where over time they feel comfortable with sharing their voice um, and why it's important to them. I know Jasmine, who you had on the last one, her and I have had some pretty good conversations, had a, a tear here and there. Um, and then anti-Indigenous racism, but specifically around missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, for anyone who's unfamiliar, like they are the highest demographic of population, I believe, that are, you know, are gone missing, that have gone murdered. And we don't talk about it. It's not showing up in the media um, the same way that it would if it was someone who was non-Indigenous. Um, and so again, trying to figure out the best way to make sport a catalyst to to have that conversation and really make sure that we are, again, representing a demographic that's impacted quite a bit. And I will acknowledge that the North American Indigenous Games are coming to Halifax next year. They've been canceled a few times. And so um, for anyone who's unfamiliar with it, take a look. Uh, I think it's listed as NAG Games 2023. Again, supporting Indigenous athletes in North America. I think it's like the largest sporting event in North America. So that'll be out of St. Mary's for any basketball fans. Um, And then uh, obviously supporting LGBTQ2S plus community. We know it's Pride Month. Um, We know that there are so many individuals that fall into one and or more categories in in a sense um, that are playing basketball, that are coaches, that are executive, um, that are volunteers and trying to make sure that we're creating a space that is comfortable for them to show up and be their authentic selves in whatever way makes sense for them. Right. I think so often it's like, oh, you know, like throw the pride flag in the air and like call it a day. And and that's not what we're trying to do. It's really just however you are most comfortable in yourself, know that you're welcome here and we'll support you in, in the best way that we can. And we'll learn from you as well. And then our last one, is around um, stopping violence against women. And so violence towards women in households has skyrocketed when we were all stuck inside. Um, We know we weren't allowed to go outside. We weren't allowed to go visit people. And so, you know, that that makes for a pretty sticky situation for some women who are in abusive relationships, whether physical or mental or emotional. And so I know there are lots of women that are in our league in some way that have been impacted by something like that. And so, again, it's just creating that space to know that you're welcome here and we're going to support you. And although we might not have the pieces in place where we can, you know, direct you to certain types of help and support, I'm hoping that our league is a place where if that happened to you, that you know that you can probably find someone here that you can share that with if you need to and if you're comfortable and that, again, we're, we're here to have those conversations because you're not just an athlete and you're not just a coach and you're not just an executive. You are so much more than that. And we want you to know that every time you walk in the gym, you can bring your whole self in whatever way makes sense to you. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. I think with MWBA, as you're saying, it's about unifying and 
making people feel safe. And I think from my own experience and what I see throughout the league is that people do feel safe. And we have these teams that are so close. And I think a lot of it is because people feel that they can be who they truly are. And they're surrounded by people that through these pillars, they also see that they value the same things by participating mm -hmm. in the league and they feel safe. And there's this environment that we're building that's just like so much camaraderie and just support for one another. Um, and I think that at the base of that, it's because these people that are choosing to play or be coaches in the league or help with the league in any way, they also value all those things that mm -hmm. the NBA, MWBA is standing for. Yeah, and I, really I will add that um, obviously I'm aware that youth sport and I think CCA as well really speaks a lot around mental health initiatives for athletes. And so, you know, for as much as it's not a pillar necessarily, all four of the pillars that we have impact our mental health. And so, again, it's trying to create a space where you don't have to suppress all of those feelings that you can come up and play and, and compete and, and feel as though you know, if you are having a bad day in whatever way, shape or form that you're surrounded by people that aren't going to look at you and be like, you know, why are you mad today? Or why are you sad today? The hope is that you can show up in whatever way you're feeling that day. You don't always have to be chipper and happy. And, you know, that's not realistic. Um, but that it's a space where you don't have to hide that. And so, you know, the hope is that we can limit the amount of mental health crises that are happening to athletes. And I know you see it a lot in the U.S. right now with NCAA players. I'm sure it's happening here in Canada and in our little maritime community. And so, again, obviously, any athlete that's listening or any person that's listening connected to our league or not connected to our league, like there are people there to help you. Our league is here to help you. And obviously, the first step is being okay with reaching out and knowing that there is a safe person or a safe place that you can share that with that will support you. So, you know, that's, again, kind of what we're all about. I love, too, how there's such a broad range of ages in the MWBA. And I think when we're talking about the younger girls that are participating, it's a awesome it's awesome for anybody to be in that environment and have that safe space that they can go to or those people that they can talk to and it's great that the MWBA is that for all of its players but for those younger players like I know I had no idea who I was at age 19, 19. to like 24 <laughs> 25 even when I still am do we know yet <laughs> no. no clue do ever know. No. but like the fact that those like I guess I would still call them like kids at 20 can come into a league where maybe previously in their basketball experiences, they hadn't had this space where they're surrounded by so many people who were comfortable with who they were and were proud of who they were. Mm -hmm. And so for them to get to experience a space where they can just be themselves and that it's okay to do that, I think I would have loved to, well, I loved my Acadia team and I felt very safe there, but just like just growing and like seeing all these adults and these women who are role models and empowering me and seeing them just be proud of themselves in this in this space that the MWBA has cultivated. Yeah, yeah. Jasmine spoke about it a little last week too, right? Even from that, you know, her being a an awesome mother, awesome basketball player, but to know that, you know, any athlete that's playing that is thinking about having a family, like you can talk to Jasmine. She's right there. She'd probably love to share her experience um, with whomever is open to listen. So there's just, there's so much to learn. And I think, like you said, that's one of the really neat things of having um, the younger-ish athletes, like 19, 20. And then like if I played, Jasmine already disclosed our ages. I'm turning 34. Uh, it would be a, it would be a whole thing. 
and calling Jasmine out for throwing us <laughs> under the bus like that. You're still very young. That's right. I was very young. Someone, uh, someone, I saw a teacher the other day. I was walking into Kent. Very exciting <laughs> nice adventure. Kent. Really, really adult life there. Strolling on into Kent to get some like plants or something. Anyways, the teacher saw me there and was like, oh, you look like you're 14. I was like, oh, <laughs> great. Thanks. Maybe like I'll take 19 or something. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to be 14. So anyways, I'll take it. So outside of being a commissioner of the MWBA and mm-hmm. going to Kent to get plants, what <laughs> big deal? <laughs> you can see me there probably every week. Plants. Ask what? for her autograph if you see her out. You <laughs> tell you all about like the care of plants. You know how much sunlight, all those things. Yeah, real green thumb. So are you a botanist in your day to day life, or are you doing something else? Definitely not a botanist. I just have a bunch of plants uh, that are thriving somehow. No, in my day-to-day life, I uh, work with Canadian Women in Sport. So anyone who's unfamiliar with them, we are a national organization that prioritizes gender equity in sport. And gender equity isn't just, you know, we have a lot of women and girls that play sport and call it a day. It's really around, like, the cut of uniforms, the media coverage, the funding how policies are written, your governance structure, like gender equity is embedded in every piece of sport. Um, and so I work with national and provincial sport organizations to talk about how they can improve their gender equity work in their organization. And then more broadly, I think referencing like when we say gender equity, we're talking about like all women, we're talking about women with disabilities. We are talking about women who are part of the LGBTQ2S plus community. We're talking about black women, indigenous women, women who are neurodivergent, like it is any woman, girl, non-binary person who is participating and wanting to be involved in sport, trans women, like we want to make it accessible and and have those conversations, which are really challenging, really challenging to have. But that's that's our organization. And uh, it's great. Been there for a year. So that's super interesting. How is there a specific I know that you just explained it like a full realm of not issues but spaces that we're trying to get people to be able to participate is there a specific one that's like that's really near and dear to you that you're trying to or some an issue that you see either in professional sport or even within our local community sport that you feel like really needs to be addressed and we've got to we need to change that on a like a gender equity basis yeah um thinking specifically to basketball I do think that it is the media coverage and the funding. The athletes are there. Like, I, I can't sit here and say, like, yo, you know, we need to really keep developing athletes. Of course, that's part of it. Um, but we can't sit back and act as though the quality of basketball is not there. So for me, that's a, a big one that sits near and near and dear to my heart of making sure that we are promoting and celebrating the achievements that the athletes are having. And part of that is compensation going back to again wanting this to be a professional sport you look at the WNBA and they're still still so far off like it's wild I think some of them make maybe 60k for a like on a season (laughs) like I don't understand that crazy and then they fly commercial and their flights are delayed and then we expect them to perform at like a high caliber and it's like they were delayed for seven hours. I don't understand why you think flying from the East Coast to West Coast and having a delayed flight, you're going to get any excellent performance from anybody. So, um, yeah, funding funding for women's sport and then media coverage. 
Did you um, recently look at the league in Ontario that they just... Who Queens? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was reading that that is a paid league. Yeah. Yeah, paid league. So hoping to get in connection with them if they're listening. Um, (laughs) You can probably expect a message from from me at some point. Um, So paid league, I think similar in terms of who's playing. I think they might have a few high school players that are on like the higher caliber talent whatever it may be so theirs is every sunday i think it ends the first week of july and so i think a lot of people already reached out saying like are you guys gonna play each other and so i think part of that is trying to figure it again from a financial perspective timing like we haven't really planned that through but is there an opportunity next year to say like your champion and our champion we need to meet and play um and then start trying to figure out like okay what's happening like further west how can we right. make this happen across the country and again it's women helping women and amplifying women um there's a muslim women basketball league that's starting up in toronto i think the last day to register was yesterday so i think they said they have about 8 teams um that are ready to compete so you know, to sit back and say our league is the only one rolling along, like it's not. I just think women get tired of sitting and waiting and we just said, okay, we'll just do it ourselves and and hope that we can build this in a way that's accessible to as many players as possible. So the ultimate dream is a pro league, women's pro league for basketball, soccer, whatever it may be across the country. And I hope that this can be a start of it in whatever way, you know, we can get ourselves involved. That'd be awesome. That would be so so fun to... The dream is there. Yeah, do two, like, league space off or something. (laughs) Oh, be crazy. So if anyone has any money they want to throw (laughs) our way, we can send our champions to Toronto, make it happen. Saying. That'd be sweet. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) So recently on the MWBA uh, social media accounts on Instagram, I believe it was posted, and on the Sports and Entertainment Atlantic Instagram, we took some questions from fans and followers. So we're going to answer a few of those today. We've got quite a few here, but maybe we can narrow them down a little bit, Haley. Yeah, for what sure. What one do you want to start with? What has been your biggest surprise so far in the integral season of the MWBA? Biggest surprise so far? I got to say the fans. Nice. Like I gotta, I really like am emphasizing how much I appreciate the fans. So I'm assuming that the athletes, I assume that you two appreciate the fans there, but I feel like I still walk in the gym or someone sends me a picture and I'm like, really? Like that's like, that's what, that's what's happening. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of players that currently play AUS and they're like, we don't have this many fans by half sometimes. Obviously, I recognize that I have sat in the seat down at Acadia coaching with St. Mary's and the aggressive <laughs> drumming and like banging from from uh, the bleachers right behind us. So I know that obviously different communities are able to right. support in different ways. So, But I think for us seeing that consistently at every game, I think it validates us. Uh, not that we need validation, but Obviously, to have the fans there means that people do want to watch. And so for us, it just pushes us to say, like, okay, how do we make this um, a better quality next year? Like, what do the fans want? Let's talk to them and and see how we can involve them more. So, yeah, we'll give it to the fans and the players. Like I said, if if you didn't show up, the league doesn't exist. So nice. Yeah, I would agree with you that for me, just as a player, seeing all those people in the stands has been a huge like a great surprise I just 
I think I had lowered my expectations just to not be disappointed in any sense and to see people just exceed those expectations and how how many people are out there is amazing um we were playing we were practicing I think it was like two weeks ago and we were trying to find a parking spot like around this area because it was at Mm. Citadel and there was a Wanderers game it was just crazy and we literally just were driving down the street and this kid who was probably like in grade six had like a Halifax Thunder shirt on like the (laughs) t-shirts that we were selling like at our games and stuff it was just so that was like the biggest surprise to me was seeing that like the for the first time I was just kind of like wow yeah like this isn't just people are just like oh uh, there's nothing to do Saturday. I guess we'll like go on over to SMU. Mm-hmm. It's like people are like super into it. They're supporting it outside of the gym, not just in the gym. Like it's mm-hmm. all around all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, that was like a big surprise. That was even like driving into MSVU the other day. I couldn't find a parking spot for the life of me. I was like, I'm not going to make the game because I can't find a place to park because there's so many fans <laughs> here. Halifax Thunder is missing Ellen. She's just driving around <laughs> I was MSVU just driving parking. What a fan around. like to give up their spot yeah. for Ellen. <laughs> Literally, my dad like came in behind me and I was like, can you park my car for me? Because I got to go inside and they just drove around for another like 10 minutes trying to find a spot the fan want to give up their parking spot <laughs> for this player please <laughs> stranded <laughs> tasia mm-hmm. are there any plans to have a team in pei or expanding next season yeah i think we have to like i would go out on a limb and say if we don't expand then that's not great Maybe that's maybe that's not the right way to phrase it, but I think that there's just so many players that have reached out saying, "Oh, I should have played," or "Oh, like I I'm moving back, like I really want to play." Um, you know, you think about what PEI has done over the last two years. Obviously, having some excellent basketball players. I, I acknowledge like Reese Baxendale's playing with Port City Fog, but who knows? Would she go back and play for a PEI-based team? Maybe. You know, would love to see Jenna May back in action when when she's ready. And so I think the right thing to do and really the the whole goal was originally to have a PEI team in there. But of course, you're looking at financial constraints, um, the league structure around like what does our schedule look like? Um, it was condensed this year, obviously, because of, of COVID pushing back U Sport and CCA championships. So yeah, PEI team for sure. I could argue that there could probably be another Nova Scotia team. Definitely. Shout out to my friends over on the Rock. Uh, <laughs> I think that there's an opportunity to have a team in Newfoundland. I don't know if it's next year. Again, financial barriers, but that's the dream. And for fans, I know I've had a lot of people ask me, they're kind of disappointed that the season's ending <laughs> so soon at the end of June. Do you think next year, like, because it was a condensed season this year, what can people expect for next year for this season length? Yeah, I think it'll start earlier. So I think we had to delay about three weeks, which is why we turned it into these tournament style weekends, which I think people like. It's I good think they worked yeah. out really well. Yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. good to just have everyone there in, in one spot and build that fanfare around those venues. And so I think that we would maybe start earlier, unsure if we would extend it. And so trying to keep in mind that we designed the league in a way that we could have people like me, older people playing, or, you know, people like Jasmine who has, you know, her three kids. And I think extending it into July, August would be challenging. It gets too hot. The gyms are like mm-hmm. not great to play in. I think that we would have players going on vacations, players that want to spend time with their families. And we'd see maybe a bit of a drop off, not out of not being interested but because 
the summer is a time where people do want to like we we deserve to relax everyone deserves to relax and like we don't want to put that pressure on people so I think maybe earlier but just keeping in mind we've already thought through like how many games are athletes playing in a week I know you will play three games in like five days which is a lot so I think that we'll have to revamp how the schedule is structured and really put in some parameters around like you can only play two games a week and you have to have like six days off in between each game or five days off in between each game, something like that. So it'll be roughly the same, maybe a little bit more time on the front end of the season. Cool. Be sweet. Yeah. Mm. I'll take that info back to the people that were asking me. The people. <laughs> the people. <laughs> my people. I'll yeah. take them back to my people. <laughs> Is there any particular matchup that we've played so far? that either you really love or scares you, makes you nervous? Um, one that I like to watch. <laughs> I like to watch whoever Marley's guarding. Oh, yeah. Marley is like, so whoever quick. Marley Kerwin. Marley Kerwin. Like, Varsity Reds. Defensive she, juggernaut. <laughs> like, actually, I'm, like, every time she comes on the floor, I'm like, who do you want? You can take whoever you want. Please, like, it's a show. I'm going to go to the back court, have a great time up at the front court, guarding everyone. Uh, it's just, I love watching her defend. It friggin' sucks when she's defending you, I will say, definitely. So I'm quite happy that she's on my team and not playing against me. Um, as for like my favorite matchup, personally, I don't really have like a favorite matchup, I don't think. Obviously, uh, we played Halifax this week, and it's fun to play Halifax. You know, a lot of those girls. Not that it's like bragging rates or anything, but it's just like a very competitive nature, which is kind of the environment that I like to play in. Um, So I think having those robberies, packing the gyms, there's nothing like a Wednesday game, like midweek, super competitive thing just to like (laughs) propel you through the rest of your week. Like it just for me, I'm just like, all right, this is basically the weekend if it's Wednesday time to time to play. So I, I like those Wednesday kind of in Nova Scotia. Little marquee matchup. Exactly. That's what I like. I think that's what's fun about it, too, is that on the opposite teams, we have players that have played against one another. So when you're on the same team, like you support one another and you're competitive. But then when you're on opposite teams, it's like the competitive level just like rises. Mm. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I was like super fired up on Wednesday to be able to play like Jay and Nelly Mm. and stuff like that. And it's just it's just super fun. And. Yeah, really competitive. Watching like Ab great. and Jazz go at it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jasmine, Do you see like... Jazz mad about like the ball yeah. went out of bounds? And Jasmine was like, "It's our ball!" And Abby, <laughs> they were like yelling at each other on the baseline. Yeah. 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 That was fun. So I like watching those. Tasia, mm-hmm. when can we order MWBA swag? The order has been placed. Okay. And it will be here maybe next week, I think. But it'll be here for championship weekend. So. We will have um, the lovely orange sweaters with the big old logo on the front. Easy to spot us in the stands. Almost like the WNBA, yeah, right? I, was like, I feel like Brad really made sure that we were just aligning with, you know, the brand that's already really doing great things. Um, we'll have some uh, navy blue shirts with kind of the logo tiny on the left chest. We'll have navy blue sweaters with our logo right on the front and then navy blue sweaters with the logo on the front and then our four pillar patches on the sleeve. So oh, sweet. Yeah, the right now the plan is to for those sweaters, obviously our goal is not to make a profit off of pillars by any means. So we will be identifying um an organization that will donate the funds from those sweaters back to. Awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Sweet. Can't wait to get some. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Set it aside. Limited Please. quantities, folks. Limited <laughs> like, quantities. 
I'll pay, like, double, I'll pay the double at the asking <laughs> yeah, price will. to have one. <laughs> uh, maybe one last question to finish us off here, and this could lead into some competitive talk oh off screen. Okay. Um, amongst leagues. But somebody asked, how do you think an MWBA team would do versus an U Sports team or a ACAA team? I think they would win. Personally. Well, you heard it here first, folks, from Haley. <laughs> um, are you talking like an AUS team in their prime? Like, are we talking like Justine Colley and Laura Langell's like reign of championships or like Acadia's reign of championships? Like, what are we talking here? I feel like but current because, U Sports, current MWBA. Yeah, because I feel and like when you're talking about teams. Yeah. No. So is it like their younger <laughs> self versus their older self and who's better? Great point. Great point. Um, <laughs> they cannot play each other. It's a good point. I think that it would be very competitive. I think it would be very competitive. Um, obviously, I'm mindful of the fact that if I were playing, I would not be as agile as as I once was. Um, so I am acknowledging the fact that MWBA, for as much as our players are like hyper competitive, some of us are in the older demographic <laughs> and may not be as brisk up and down the court. Um, but there's a really great balance between like current players um, and past players. So I think that uh, how do we make it happen? Because I'd love to see <laughs> yeah, it. Legit. Yeah, I think that fans would show up to watch that. So I'm, I'm not willing to get into the debate. That's an off-camera discussion. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know who would win. I think I agree with you. I think the U sports team would have like their fitness level Definitely. would probably be at a much peak level, like a, mm-hmm. a peak yeah. level compared to MWBA teams. Mm-hmm. But I think the like group of girls that we have on some of these MWBA teams, their IQ level is just IQ really is so high. high. So it would be like IQ and like lower performance versus or like um, you can say it. We're lower performance. <laughs> Not lower performance. I didn't mean lower performance. I mean high IQ Seniors and kind of fitness level, I guess. Versus maybe like not as a developed IQ because it's younger players, but like a really good fitness level. Yeah. So I I don't know who would the great would debate. Win. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, I'd we'll love leave it to on see that. it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> love to see it. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened to us on the podcast this year with for these four episodes. It's been a pleasure to work with Haley on this project and to all of our guests that have come on with Rachel Farwell, Tasia, uh, and Jasmine as well. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And, and yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast, but also thank you for supporting the MWBA. Thank you to Podstarters for having us here and being able to produce this for us. And it's been a real treat. Yeah, I know this was my first podcasting experience for the the four episodes that we did, and it was so easy and really fun, and I think Ellen definitely carries the conversation and makes things super easy, so (laughs) Ellen, we definitely appreciate you and everything that you do for us, so. Appreciate you, Haley. Thanks Thanks for being with us, Tasia. Yeah, Tasia, it was so fun to have you (laughs) to wrap us up. Oh, anytime. I hope some of my jokes make it into the podcast. Me too. Um, But it it was great. Like, shout out to the two of you for hosting for the the four episodes um again it's that storytelling piece that's so important for us and for the league and so to all the guests that jumped on like shout out to each of you to everyone that tuned in and listened i know i share it with uh with work all the time like check it out like you gotta listen there's some great quotes and and great tidbits that you can take away from this but yeah it's been fantastic and we hope to see everyone championship weekend
Yes. Championship weekend is June 24th to 26th at SMU. Um, I'm not 100% sure of the game times, but I believe they would probably be in the evening on the Friday. And then all through the all through the Saturday and Sunday, lots of great matchups. We'll have all six teams there, the three New Brunswick teams as well as the three Nova Scotia teams. So I'm really excited to see how that, who ends up getting the Legacy Cup and how that all dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and if unravels. you're listening to this, message into the MWBA social medias with your picks for yes. who wins the Legacy Cup. I would love to hear the picks for who you think will win the Legacy Cup, but I'd also love to hear like some people that maybe we haven't thought of that have left a legacy. I know I gave like a shout out mm. to to my mom who won an AUS championship with SMU. She holds that over my head all the time because I never <laughs> won one as a player and won a national championship with a senior women's national team. And they should be in the Nova Scotia Sport Hall of Fame. We're going to get them there. But I would love for people to share like here's someone that, you know, has left a legacy and and you know, means a lot to me and, and to why and how I've got to where I am. So I can give you those game times if you want. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Yeah. So Friday will be a quarterfinal game um, that will be at six and eight. And then losers or the non-winners from that game uh, will play three o'clock on Saturday. Semifinal matchups will be at five and seven Saturday. And then bronze medal at one on Sunday, gold medal at three on Sunday. I will say we're working on gear. We're working on vendors. I believe we have two food trucks lined up. Sweet. We'll have our Garrison Brewery on site. Oh, like let's go. we're like we want this to be an event. We'll have some halftime shows. Um, so shout out to the volunteers behind the scenes, like working their tail off to make that happen. So again, for for fans that are like, ah, I'm not sure. Like, do I want to make the trip? You you want to make the trip? It's this an is event. it's an it is an event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think when I just one last thing, when you're talking about legacy and the people that have legacies in women's basketball. But I think I would like to thank everybody again that's been a part of whether it's this podcast or the MWBA or anything, because they're working to create a legacy for this league. And they're all part of a legacy already for women's basketball, not just in the Maritimes, but hopefully something that can expand across Canada as well. So that's right. Definitely. Thanks, everyone. All in this together. (laughs) Thanks, guys. So if you'd like to support the MWBA further, you could visit their website at themwba.ca. This call to action also is for anyone that wants to play. Yeah. If you're interested absolutely. in playing, absolutely reach out to one of the franchises. But also coaching or being oh, yeah. a part of the league in any way, shape, or form, then we'd love to have you as part of the team. To learn more about the MWBA, check out themwba.ca, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.